0: Hello, my name is Andrew Scott, and you are listening to the Farmington Players Audio Theater. Frank has just had open heart surgery and was looking forward to coming home, relaxing, and getting a little TLC. But the tender, loving care he received was not what he was expecting. And his wife of over 40 years had different ideas of what his recovery should be. Who is this woman?
1: Geez, will you slow down? I'm having another heart attack watching you drive. You lose control and I'll be in a world of hurt.
2: For God's sake, Frank. Stop being such a backseat driver. Relax, put your sleep mask on and take a snooze. Sleep? I just had open
1: heart surgery. We're leaving in a snowstorm with you driving. You think I can relax? I'll talk about my worst nightmare.
2: I've driven in snow for 40 years. I can't remember the last time I was in an accident.
1: How about when you lost control of the car and drove up on the neighbor's porch?
2: That was ages ago. We'll be fine. Nap, for God's sake. If you can't count sheep, just count the spin-outs. Well, maybe not the best idea. I'm a wreck. I hurt all over. Yes, but remember what the doctor said. Once you heal, you'll be in better shape than before the surgery. Wiring your sternum shut with the bones growing over it makes it stronger. You'll be just like that eight million dollar man.
1: It was six million.
2: Well, inflation and all.
1: I can't, still can't believe the stuff you asked the doctor.
2: What, like when it's okay to have sex again? The form said we were supposed to ask, so I asked. It's a legitimate question, and I want to know, don't you? Mama's got a squeeze box she wears on her chest. And when Daddy comes home, he never gets no oh, oh, oh. oh, lighten up.
1: I bet the doctor was thinking poor guy's on pain meds and his wife wants to jump his bones.
2: Well, not your breastbone. The other bone. Oh,
1: I'm really glad you didn't say that.
2: And for the record, no one talks about jumping bones anymore. That's an expression from the 60s.
1: I'm from the 60s? You're from the 60s.
2: Excuse me? I'm from
1: the 70s. Oh, whatever. We're both old. We were both someplace when Kennedy died. That's how they measure oldness.
2: Anyway, you're as old as you feel, and I don't feel old. So getting back to the sex. Ah, jeez, enough about sex. I can barely move. I wasn't talking about bringing in a trapeze. Just, you know, basic stuff.
1: Now, all I can say is it ain't gonna be for a long while.
2: You know what they say. Sex keeps you young. And you'll be better before you know it. The website says four to six weeks and you'll be your old self. I just want to put it out there for us to think about.
1: All I'm thinking about is when I can have another oxycotin.
2: I'm surprised you didn't ask the doctor any questions.
1: I was gonna ask when I could have a beer again.
2: Seriously? That's your biggest question? When you can have a beer? Unbelievable. That's probably what got you here in the first place.
1: A couple of beers a day doesn't cause a heart attack.
2: Your questions should be about health and exercise and the quickest way to heal. Remember, we got our trip to Africa in May. We're hiking the Kilimanjaro, so you've got to focus on getting well.
1: Good thing we got insurance. We'll probably have to cancel. I can barely walk 40 feet.
2: Well, it's only January. Let's not talk about it now. Oh, hi, Caitlin. How's it going there?
1: The last thing you should be doing is talking on a cell phone in this weather. Look, another spin-out in that ditch. Well, they were probably on their cell phone, too.
2: Yeah, I just picked him up. We're driving home right now. I can't talk, though. The freeway's a mess. And I'm sorry we missed Billy's birthday party.
1: Put him on the phone a minute. You need to concentrate on the road. Oh, another heart attack. I feel it coming.
2: Hi, Billy. How's your party? Wow, six years old. I'm driving Grandpa home from the hospital. His heart broke, but the doctor fixed it. No, that's not what I said. He's not broke. He still has money. You really need to hang up. I said the doctor fixed his heart and sewed him right back up. He has stitches down his stomach that look like railroad tracks. (laughs) No, you can't play with your train set on Grandpa's stomach. Oh, we got to keep that
1: kid away from me. He's not six. He's 666. They should have named him Damien.
2: But you go back to your friends, Billy, and tell your mom I'll call her later. Bye. When we get home, Frank, we can review those exercises. Looks like you should be doing them twice a day. Plus, we have a whole slew of people who want to come visit you. I'll come up with a schedule. Maybe we can have visitors after lunch and again in the evening.
1: God. I knew they should have kept me in that hospital.
3: Well, it's been three weeks, Frank. You're getting along well. Your vitals are good. Your scar is healing. Are you exercising? Yes. What do you mean? I move around. I do stuff. You have yet to do one exercise on that sheet. Remember, Frank, an activity does not count as an exercise.
2: Can we please make that into a giant poster and put it in every room? Ha ha. He thinks brushing your teeth counts as major calisthenics. <laughs> you need to do
3: the exercises, Frank. Not just when I'm here, but every day. Outside of that, you're coming along. Now, do you think it's time for me to discharge myself? Yes!
1: No. We don't need her to come anymore.
2: Are you kidding? If she leaves, she'll do nothing. Please, come another week, Ms. Margie. Okay. I'll
3: come back next week, see how you're doing, and that'll be my final visit. Do you have any more questions before I leave? No.
2: Frank practically lives in that recliner. He even sleeps in it every night. I don't think that's good for him. He should be sleeping in our bed. It's painful
1: for me to lay flat. Plus, it's impossible to get a good night's sleep in bed. Between the cats crawling around and you sneezing and snoring and snorting, I'm, I'm up all night.
2: None of that used to bother you. You said it was like white noise.
1: Yeah? Well, now it's just noise. And it's not white. It's full-blown technicolor.
3: Actually, Betty's right. You should try to use the bed. When you sleep in that recliner, your chest cavity curves inward. You need to lay flat, even if it's uncomfortable. Oh, fine. Well, okay then. I'll be off. See you next week. Keep getting better.
2: Frank. I'm glad you're going to listen to her about the bed.
1: Are you kidding? I said that to her to get her to leave. It's exhausting enough listening to you nag me without her getting on board. I'm just glad she left before the
2: game started. I can't believe how blasé you are about your recovery. You blow off the exercises. You blow off the therapist. You blow off her opinion about the recliner, even though she's gone to school for years and has a degree and knows what she's talking about. Because, of course, you're the expert. You know everything. Oh,
1: give me a pain pill.
2: It's like this recovery is one giant excuse for you to live in the recliner and watch football.
1: I said, give me a pain pill. Oh, never mind. I'll get it myself.
2: Why do you need one all of a sudden? Am I being the pain? No, because I'm in pain.
1: I'm always in pain. Don't you get that? Well, you need to work through it. Oh, work through it? You have no idea how sore I feel. It's like I have a giant brick on my chest. It hurts to bend. It hurts to cough. It hurts in the morning. It hurts at night. I have no energy. I can't rest because of all these visitors. It's like Grand Central Station around here. And on top of that, you expect me to run laps. Well, I expect you to do something, I don't know, constructive. There's nothing I can do but wait for it to heal. And frankly, I'm scared. Scared of what? I'm scared this is my new normal. That I'm never going to feel any better than this. It's like I've hit a wall. I feel so helpless and depressed and... vulnerable. It's such
2: a new, awful feeling. Well, I'm scared, too. I used to love that recliner, and now I hate looking at it. It's become a symbol to me of how everything is going to end. What are you talking about? That you'll like sleeping in it so much you'll start making excuses not to sleep with me. Don't
1: be ridiculous.
2: I'm scared you're, you're no longer... This crazy guy I married. The guy who hitchhiked through Europe and talked me into skinny dipping in our condo pool. These last few weeks, it's like you're morphing into this, this anxious old man who checks the weather every ten minutes and is afraid to go out in the snow. Ouch.
1: I'm scared you're going to start coming up with more excuses to meet your girlfriends in the evening because you're sick of hanging around me.
2: I'm scared I'll start wearing sweatpants and stop putting on makeup. Because there won't be a reason anymore to want to feel attractive. Because you won't care, so I won't care.
1: By by attractive, you mean
2: sexy? Well, whatever.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm afraid you're going to buy earbuds so you can have phone sex with all your old boyfriends without me hearing.
2: Okay, now you're being ridiculous. Although that sounds oddly intriguing... Maybe you've given me a reason to finally update my flip phone.
1: So, anything else?
2: I'm afraid I'll start wearing my mother's old gingham aprons.
1: (laughs) Wow, you really have thought this out. Although, I think you look sort of cute in an apron.
2: I just feel like we're on two separate paths. We need to navigate this together. It's not just you dealing with this recovery. It's me, too. I get worried... And watchful.
1: Don't forget impatient.
2: I know. I just don't want this surgery to be the beginning of the end. I don't want to feel like the best years of our lives are suddenly behind us. I know we're not young, but I still like to think our future can be sort of hazy and unpredictable and out there. That we can still experience new things together.
1: Hey, we've still got a lot of living to do, baby doll.
2: I want to believe that.
1: But you have to stop looking at all those websites that tell me how I should be feeling. I know. We both need to believe that I'll get better. Because I will. Just on my own timeline. Not Dr. Phil's or that Wizard of Oz guy.
2: Dr. Oz.
1: Yeah, him too. You know, let's think about doing Kilimanjaro next year. Maybe this year we can hike somewhere with less, less steps. What are you thinking? I'm thinking someplace warm and tropical and relaxing. Just the two of us. How about Cancun? Remember how much we loved that pool at the Hilton?
2: Yes, it was so warm and blue. Maybe we could
1: sneak out at night and go skinny dipping. Well,
2: there's a lot more people around than at the condo, but I do enjoy a challenge.
1: And afterward, we can hike over to their late-night tiki bar and drink margaritas.
2: Sounds heavenly. Or
1: we could go to Key West and stay at one of those no-tell motels with the funky kitchenettes.
2: And I could make you breakfast wearing my apron and nothing else. Ooh, la la. Although I'll be way more wrinkly than the apron. No,
1: you won't. I'll just take out my contacts. That'll smooth you right out. You look very sexy when you're blurry.
2: You always knew how to give a gal a compliment.
1: (sighs) Ah, this feels nice.
2: Hey,
1: maybe we will need to bring that trapeze.
2: Mama's got a squeeze box
1: And Daddy never sleeps at night
0: You've just listened to Navigating the Heart Written by Marilyn Zerlach Directed by Tim Timmer And featuring the voices of Bonnie Fitch as the therapist Margaret Gilks as Betty and Jim Mall as frame. And many thanks to our team of players backstage. Our production director Eric Nogus, audio and video engineer Brennan Harvad, and our logo was designed by Marilyn Zerlach. And me, I'm your host Andrew Scott. We hope you have enjoyed our program, and please don't forget to hit the subscribe and notification buttons to make sure you get alerted anytime we upload new content. Thanks for listening to the Farmington Players Audio Theater. Bye for now.